Welcome everyone to another edition of the Sport Intern Special, a podcast in which we talk to the movers and shakers in the world of sport. My name is Ashish Sharma and I'm the editor of the Sport Inter newsletter, produced daily from Monday to Friday. Well, in this episode, we continue with part two of our chat with Christoph Duby, the Olympic Games Executive Director for the International Olympic Committee. But before jumping into that, cast your minds back to 2017 and the IOC session that took place in Lima, Peru. Let's now discover more about the Paris 2024 Games plan. Paris, the city of light and the city of love, bien sûr. A welcoming world capital of passion, invention and big ideas. From this came a vision for sport and how it could change the world. Pierre de Coubertin, merci. Now Paris stands ready again to share its very best with the Olympic movement in 2024. Ces Jeux seront spectaculaires. L'esprit olympique, the Olympic spirit, has grown stronger and stronger since the last Games in Paris. It will be right at home for this exciting chapter, put in line with the Agenda 2020. Paris 24, Los Angeles 28. Yes, Lima, where the IOC president, Thomas Bach, announced the 2024 as well as the 2028 Olympic Games for both Paris and Los Angeles. That continued chat with Christophe Duby, I asked him at what point he'll begin to start thinking about Paris. Don't necessarily consider that it is, uh, that it is work and, and it has to occupy your mind. It is occupying your mind because it's so interesting, it's so rich and diverse uh, that, that Paris can never be a second thought after Beijing because you're in Beijing, but at the same time, you project yourself and you compare uh, the ceremony that we will have in, in Beijing with the announcement that was made in Paris. And you, you, uh, you have to connect the dots. Okay, parade of athletes, uh, here in Beijing, what do I take out? How do I project it on, on Paris? It's constant, constant comparison. What can we improve? When is it already for Paris or is it too late? And we look at Milano. So the mind is constantly uh, jumping from one to, to the other, uh, trying to constantly learn and, and transfer. So that, that's what is uh, amazingly interesting because on top of the, the core fundamentals of the events and all these pieces, you also have the context in which to deliver and find the ways and means uh, to be working with the organizers in a, in a respectful, but also impactful fashion. And uh, that, that's why it's constant. And innovation does seem to be very much uh, the way forward for the IOC in lots of ways, in terms of legacy, in terms of environmental uh, issues. 
but also in terms of organization. So, you know, we have this new format now where we already know Brisbane is being named, um, but we're also beginning to see that the host city isn't necessarily where everything uh, is taking place in terms of events. Uh, is this something that you see increasing as we move ahead with future Olympics, both in winter and summer, where uh, events will be taking place in different locations and not just all in one setup? Just as an example, with the opening ceremony in Paris actually being held you know, on the river, uh, on the river Seine and not inside the stadium, just as one microcosm example of, uh, of, of what I'm trying to suggest. Yeah. Um... First, uh, one consideration on innovation. Um, I, I think it, it's been constant. We never necessarily spoke about innovation, but if the games are still relevant today, it's because innovation was constantly embedded. And this is the common willingness of, of the entire family. You don't evolve sport that is based on history and innovation if you don't have willing international federations. You don't evolve with the format of the games if you don't have willing organizing committees because the host city contract will evolve uh, along along uh, innovation so that mindset i think was was always present but probably more so today as well with uh, with the profile of, of some of, of our organizers and it comes sometimes with with the leadership and, and god knows here we have someone that loves to innovate now um when it comes to um the decentralization you must see it as an option you always have to make the right choice for the local context the games will adapt to the local context and you know that motto that that we had in uh, in 2014 a city does not adapt to the games the games adapt to a local context and here again we have to uh, to walk the talk so what you see in the context of milano and cortina are several clusters scattered around northern Italy because it makes sense. Because you want to go for a downhill in, in Bormio, right? That, that's that's uh, the best. Because you want to go uh, in, in Trentino for, uh, 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 for cross-country skiing. So it's not an obligation. It is an option. And it is the option to always make the right choice, the most intelligent choice vis-a-vis -vis your community and the long term of, of this community. And it's interesting because when I look at it from the outside and I talk to people who are traditionalists in terms of how they see sports uh, and the Olympics, I find it very interesting that we're seeing the emergence of what we saw in Tokyo with um, sports climbing, skateboarding, uh, surfing, and, and these are carrying on now through. Are we looking at that very subtle but very innovative change from the IOC in terms of becoming relevant to look at sports which are really urban, important to young people, bringing in uh, young people. Is this a conscious way of thinking? It's a conscious way of, uh, of thinking and a result that is undeniably positive when, when we see now what, what comes back after uh, forensic analysis of, of what happened in Tokyo. Um, we have reverted uh, with something that was a downward trend in terms of youth engagement. And this time around, it's been incredibly exciting. And, and the return we have from uh, uh, this community of 15 to, to 29 is amazingly positive. 
with uh, with uh, incredibly high rates of, of approvals for what happened in Tokyo. For the Winter Games, I would say we always had, in, including uh, you know over Sochi, Pyeongchang, now Beijing, always had more events tighter in the context of uh, of the Summer Games because you know you have to you have to make way and and find space to to, to get some of the new events in. But we found a way, and it was a conscious decision and one that is uh, paying real dividends. And it means maintaining relevance with youth. So yes, it will continue. As a consequence of what you're saying there, we're seeing now the threat to very traditional sports. But are we now beginning to see for the first time with the emergence of these new sports, these urban sports, this young generation, that there is pressure going to be put on sports that don't actually fulfill their obligations for governance and they are now on their way out good governance matter in in sport um i don't know if you've seen the uh, the google search for for the year the number of, of athletes and sport related events sport matters and and we have to uh, to uh, govern sport with a notion of uh, of excellence uh, and, and especially in, in, uh, in matters related to, to good governance. Now, this being said, it's not a question of threat because it's not one or the other. In Tokyo, we found a way to have a great balance between uh, the, the, the sport we've had on the program and, and very proudly for a very long time while making space for uh, some of, of the new events. It's not one or the other. Everything can, can be integrated in, in harmony. But what we need to insist upon is that we have to do as sports organization the right thing vis-a-vis -vis the athletes and vis-a-vis -vis the public in, in general. And that we have to insist upon. Then the solutions to, to integrate an event when it makes sense, trust me, we will find. And, you know, I suppose people look at you, Christophe, and there you are as the executive director at the IOC, you're behind everything, organizing, running around. But, you know, I suppose it's very easy to forget that you also have to live your own life. How do you get to enjoy, relax in the middle of such a big event like this? I mean, are you able to do that? And, and what is the trick? What do you do to do that? It's a, it's a system that is far greater than one individual and, and the people above me, around me, are, are just uh, outstanding individuals that are very motivated and, and passionate and it helps. Uh, when you also have uh, the, the, the possibility to work with the best professional around the globe because everybody will want to contribute. So first thing, uh, I'm, I'm not alone, uh, far from it. Uh, second, uh, it, it's a very simple thought, uh, but when I, when I go to bed at night, the only thing is I try to turn back on the day and said, okay, have you have you given it all? Have you done everything no. you could? So and it's nothing demanding of yourself. <laughs> and if I don't, I just put it okay. That's for tomorrow. You know, if I if I procrastinated because something I didn't want to do because I I'm concerned or I'm in fear, I'm like okay, I'm gonna do it tomorrow and then I can sleep tight. But the thing is to to really give it all and uh, and give it all to what what is uh, an extraordinary mission and. Um, uh, you see, when, when you have the, the privilege to be in a position like this, uh, you, have, you have to embrace the, the, the moment, including when it's a moment of, of pressure, because, okay, uh, I, I've been chosen to, to be here and uh, have this very function, 
And I say, uh, don't complain uh, about the, the issues and the number of problems. On the contrary, you bloody will find a solution. Otherwise, you don't deserve to be here. <laughs> you said earlier on in our chat that you know you love the idea of a different culture different foods new experiences but is there any one or two things that you desperately miss about home when you are on these trips because far away from home as well you know it's not just like on the other side of the european continent there you are in tokyo there you are in beijing when you when you sit back before you go to bed what are those little things that you might miss from home and think ah if only i had a whatever it was you know, I have um, I have a, a fantastic uh, family and, uh, and and great friends around. My my wife is, is extraordinary and she's very supportive, um, and and they all truly good people around. And and what I miss are my good people around because it, it can be long and, and feel lonely. At the same time, uh, uh, I know that that uh, they're following that I am in contact with with them. So. What, what I miss is uh, is uh, that that soup with my parents on uh, on a Sunday, <laughs> and uh, and also I, I must say the the one the one that is extraordinary is my cat. She's called Colin, and she's a formidable individual. But for the rest, you know, <laughs> when it is so intense that when you know that back home you have all all these people that that do love you, that support you, uh, you do one thing is, is to focus and as well as you can. And that was Christophe Duby, the Olympic Games Executive Director for the International Olympic Committee, talking to me before he flew out to Beijing. And that's all for this edition of the Sport Intern Special Podcast. We'll be back soon. In the meantime, stay safe. And don't forget, you can keep up to date with all the news from the Olympic movement via the Sport Intern newsletter. <laughs>